produced by Podcast Architects. Welcome back to another episode of The Path Forward. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Rick Fernandez, and we have a very special guest with us today, Jamie White, joining us. Jamie, thank you for coming to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate the opportunity. Now, you're a little outside the norm of my usual guests. Usually we have superintendents, but we definitely wanted to make time because you have a very special message. So before we jump into that, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Um, So I am not from Texas originally. I'm actually from Mississippi. Uh, Born and raised there, uh, went to Ole Miss. Uh, I was actually a sports journalist before I moved to Round Rock, Texas. And once I moved to Round Rock, I got into the field of um, technology because, of course, at the time, technology was booming here in, in Austin and surrounding areas. Uh, and then we, once we had children and we started growing our family, it just didn't make sense for me to work anymore. So I started staying home with our kids, and that became my primary job was just raising our children. And, and we have four kids. Well, since you said sports, my ears perk up automatically. So which sports did you cover as a journalist? Everything. So I covered even rugby. uh, I covered soccer, just every sports you can imagine. I think the only thing I haven't covered maybe is maybe some of the uh, European sports. Uh, Which one was your favorite? I think rugby was my favorite. Just... (laughs) I, I really think it was so great. It was it was rough. It was rugged. It was fun, you know. And you and like the cauliflower, the cauliflower ears on everybody. <laughs> yes, actually, my favorite was the celebrations afterwards when the teams won. <laughs> no, no I, I've seen a couple of rugby games in my time, and they are very entertaining. Particularly if you go to them in person, one of the best events uh, I've ever been to was a was a rugby game in uh, Washington D.C. So yes, I understand. I wasn't expecting you to say that, but I, I understand uh, that it's a great sport. Now, I will say my second sport was uh, basketball because I had the absolute honor of, and, and I don't know if you're my age, but uh, of, of interviewing Rick Pitino when he coached University of Kentucky basketball, and they were like the best in the country. Absolutely. I'm a huge basketball fan, and uh, I was hoping you would say that, but I was waiting. I was like, rugby, I just did not see that one coming, but... Uh, <laughs> Um, yes, know Kentucky basketball very well as a fan and followed the Wildcats uh, as a kid growing up. Um, they were great. So kudos to you. That's pretty cool. Thank you. Well, let's jump in. We're here for a, a very special reason today. Can you tell us a little bit about Allie's Way and how it came to be? So Allie's Way is a nonprofit organization that my family founded to spread awareness about the dangers of distracted driving. Uh, This all came about in 2020, the beginning of 2020, because in September, actually September 29th of 2019, we lost our daughter to a distracted driver. Um, So what happened that day was we were doing our usual, it was a Sunday, so I was getting ready to teach religious education at our church with my older daughter, and my husband was taking our two boys to soccer and Allie wanted to go with them. So she did. She went with them and he got the boys safely to the field. He had parked in a really open area where, you know, oncoming cars could see where they were and there were no visibility blocks. And um, he got Allie out of the car, put sunscreen on her. And then Allie saw her brother waving to her from the other side of the aisle. Uh, so she went from the median, she started walk, she stepped off the curb, 
My husband, meanwhile, saw a car coming in way too fast. The driver was probably late to the soccer game. She had the phone up to her face. She wasn't watching where she was going. And she made a last minute decision to make a right hand turn into the same aisle where my husband was and Allie were trying to cross. Um, At the time, my husband had gotten to Allie's side. So when she hit and killed Allie, my husband was right there beside her. Um, and it took the driver one minute to call 911 after she had killed Allie because she had to finish a phone call. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's just a horrible, horrible story. Jeez. I'm so sorry for you. Thank you. So, you know, since then my family, um, really, it really has been more of, you know, when some, when tragedy like this happens, especially something that's just so, so devastating and so just shattering, you can choose to go one of two ways. You can break down and and not do anything, or you can find a path forward. Right. And so that's what we did. We started said, you know, we, we can't let another family suffer what we've suffered because the grief is immeasurable. Um, and so we said, how can we fix this? And the best way was to build this foundation in Allie's honor and spread awareness about distracted driving and save lives and get more people off the phone. How did you go about taking something that could be tragic and just devastating and then finding the strength uh, to to take it in and heal and then use it to help other people? Um, I, I imagine that was very, very difficult and probably still is very difficult, but what were some of the key turning points that gave you the strength to do that? This is an extremely intense journey. It's like, I always say it's like climbing Mount Everest. You, you climb up one level and you fall back down and you climb up another level and then you fall back down and you've got to pick yourself up and not only uh, trek the hike that you fell, but you have to trek an additional hike to get to that next step. And that's kind of how I feel like this journey has been. And the only way through it is through your faith. And that's really, that's what really kept us from going the wrong way. Um, and that night that it happened, actually, we had a nun come to our house and she was brought to our house by a member of our congregation. And she had spoken to us about Allie and about, you know, Allie's purpose and about God's plan. And it just gave us faith and hope to keep moving forward because we don't know why things happen. We can't understand it, but what, and we can't control it really, but we can control what we do with that. And we can, um, we can use this as God always does in a positive way. Absolutely. Now, obviously, um, your family has suffered from this tragedy and had to go through this. Your other children, how did, how are they handling it as, as you have this, this cause? But obviously, I would think there's times when you're having to relive certain components just by having a conversation like you and I are. How do you kind of come together as a family and help, help the, the kids through it as well? Um, again, through faith. I mean, that was, I can't even express how big of a deal that was. Cause just having, I literally, Chris, Chris, my husband and I, um, had to literally talk to the children every single day. We had to have those, um, really heart wrenching conversations about, we don't understand why 
but trust and have your faith. And then we talk about, you know, um, Allie's purpose. And we talk about our family's plan. And we talk about, you know, how do we get through this together? Um, we were there to support our kids as much as we can. And honestly, I have to say, their superintendent, their principals, their school staff was absolutely pivotal in getting them through school like when they finally went back that's awesome that's great to hear that that's so great to hear and oftentimes you know i mean you understand this is in schools sometimes kids get lost in the shuffle of just so much going on and they get something gets missed um but really really glad to hear that your school and your and your staff at your school you know really helped the kids along that's that's very heartwarming to hear that oh they gave us i mean our 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 Children were able to leave class and go to the counselor whenever they needed. And the counselors really, truly helped them through. And the principal gave them that that um, ability to do that and just supported our family any which way. And they, they were honestly there for, you know, to support us at the funeral. They were there to support us through Allie's way and all of the things that we've done with this so far. Well, that's fantastic. You want to give the school a shout out since we're since we're here and some people are going to sure. be seeing this? Why not? So uh, I we're so, so proud of Double File Trail Elementary in Round Rock because they the principal and the staff there, they are absolutely remarkable. So just a little bit of background information. Our kids, because our oldest is now 16 and Allie would be six this year. And so we have. Uh, we're still there. Our son, our youngest son is in fourth grade. So you can imagine we've spent about 11 years at that school, rotating kids in and out. Wow. <laughs> and, and so them and then Gateway Charter Prep was uh, where our oldest son goes to school and our, our oldest daughter. So. Well, good. Well, good. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you had community support, school support to help uh, the kids through this. Tell, a tell us a little bit more about what you would like to see done as a result of Allie's Way? Um, I would, there's so many things that I would like to see done. What are, what are we missing? Like, I, I mean, obviously distracted driving, I get scared to death, uh, you know, thinking that people aren't paying attention to the road or on their cell phones or what have you. Like, what are some of the things that we're missing? Like your average person probably isn't aware of. Um, well, this is really, really difficult because a lot of people aren't educated, including our lawmakers. So, you know, if, if you don't specialize in traffic safety and you're not looking at the numbers, you'll see, you know, distracted drivers on the road, but you don't realize how prevalent it is. Do you realize our since 2020, the fatality rate for distracted driving has gone up 14% since 2020? Oh, wow. uh, I'm oh, sorry, goodness. no. 17%, not 14. It was 17, actually, 17%. And that's just fatalities. So that doesn't include collisions or injuries. Um, and honestly, what, and this is all according to AAA, because I work closely with AAA as well. And, um, you know, they, they've also discovered that um, we spend about $314 billion annually on crashes. So, when you figure, when you kind of think about it logically and you're thinking, okay, 17% increase in fatalities alone, and then you look at the economic uh, impact of that, 314 billion every year, then you're thinking, okay, this is something that we need to fix. Something needs to be done. Um, a lot of people feel like it's their, 
It's their right, their God-given right to hold the phone while they drive, but it's a privilege. It's a res- driving is a responsibility and driving is a privilege. So what we need to remember is that we're not the only ones on the road. And a lot of people, you know, we get in our own little bubble, we get busy and then we don't think it'll happen to us. And then the moment comes when you're driving through a, a school, uh, a soccer field parking lot and you kill a child and then your, your life is forever changed because that you did that. And that family's life is forever shattered and devastated because they'll never know what that child would have been when they grew up. What would that child look like? What would she be doing right now? And so I think we need to reverse and we need to think about, um, think about the impact, think about others and be less selfish. And what's stopping our, our lawmakers, our uh, state representatives, state senators from addressing this? Is there, is there something in their way other than just the ignorance of not knowing some of the data behind it? I've, I really do feel like the education piece is really the biggest piece of it. But I've, I've heard different arguments. I've heard, um, you know, it takes away your civil liberties. Well, to be honest with you, when you when you look at um protect when you look at the laws if we did have a hands-free law that would do a number of things it would enable our law enforcement officers to build awareness so they don't have to cite a person for holding the phone while they drive they could simply say hey did you know this is dangerous and here's why and then you know that they've then started that awareness and that person might take that and share it with other people you know hey i learned this you never know the impact Um, The other thing that it it will do is it's not going to take away civil liberties. It's going to give civil liberties. So it's going to give my new driver, my 16-year-old daughter, the right to drive on the road without being terrified that somebody else is going to hit her and kill her because they're using the cell phone while they're driving. And the, the thing is, is that people aren't just texting and driving. They're holding the phone to their face, which blocks their visibility. They are also using social media. You know, there are different apps out there that will make you like take a selfie at specific moments, you know, when they say you need to take a selfie and and show how you're, you know, living your everyday life. Um, They'll Snapchat, you know, and others. And, you know, it's not just one app, it's all of them. And it, what are we going to, what's going to come out in the future that's going to affect this as well, where people are going to be, we're, we're literally um, tied to our phones. We're addicted to our phones. Oh yeah. So, you know, so it's like, you know, there, that's that enticement to use your phone while you're driving too. So it really does create a more safe road for others, as well as pedestrians, bikers, um, bicyclists. So um, it's not taking civil liberties away. It's giving them back. Are there any uh, bills in the house that you're aware of that may be addressing some of the things you're talking about? Yes. So um, I know Senator Zaffarini has in the past been such a champion for hands-free bills and she's attempted to, to, she's filed hands-free bills in the past, but they haven't gone through all the way. This year, uh, after hearing Allie's story and after meeting me, um, she had decided to file Senate Bill 41 in honor of Allie. So Senate Bill 41 is now called Allie's Way Act. And we're so, so excited about this because it's a bipartisan bill. So uh, there's a Democrat championing 
writing this in the Senate. It's already been filed. Um, Senator Hughes is is looking to give it a hearing in April, potentially, um, in the State Affairs Committee. And then we've got, on the flip side of it, in the House, we've now got House Bill 3155, championed by a Republican, uh, Republic, uh, Representative Caroline Harris. So it's really, truly amazing to see the two parties coming together and everybody working together to support these bills. And the greatest piece of this is that it is supported on the Texas, um, on their legislative priorities for Texas PTA. Um, it's on their legislative priority list. It's on um, CLEAT, the Combined Law Enforcement Association of Texas, Texas Trucking Association, and we are collaborating with DPS as well. So, it seems like it's getting law enforcement, education, and trucking support across the state of Texas. That's fantastic. I got to think that you'd have a lot of educator support. I mean, I can't tell you how many times as either a principal or superintendent as a teacher or even as a parent going through pickup, right? You're picking up your kids or if there's events, my three of mine, they're in all kinds of events and you just, you see it like every time where people are not paying attention, they're on their phone. And it just is, you always think it's just a matter of time for something happens. So I got to think our, our audience, which is mostly educators, will jump in and, and welcome that type of legislation. So to make the, the schools a little bit safer, along with, you know, our roadways safer as well. So kudos to you. Absolutely. And when I went to um, the TASA Midwinter Conference um, and, and spoke there to educators, it was remarkable. I mean, they all were saying the same things. We have seen so many parents come in and use their phones in school zones, even though they know they're not supposed to. And I really truly believe what's happening. And one of the problems here in Texas is there's inconsistencies. So one, we do have a texting ban, but it's not enforceable, um, unfortunately. And so the officer um, has to have proof that the person was texting in order to be able to issue a citation. That's not, they're not going to go get a warrant and the driver doesn't have the, um, doesn't have to provide their phone to the officer if they don't want to. That's their liberty. So unfortunately, you know, we can't enforce that. Now, as when the, with the Alley's Way Act, all the officer has to do is see the person holding the phone in their hand while they're driving and pull them over and say, hey, this is, this is really dangerous. Um, so that's wonderful. Um, the inconsistencies lie in the fact that we have uh, school zones, they're hands-free, but then outside the school zone, it isn't. So if you're in the neighborhood and you're driving around and you're on the phone and you're talking or social media or whatever, you're not paying attention, you'll drive into that school zone and you're still on the phone and you're not watching your speed, you're not paying attention to everything around you, and that's when fatalities happen, especially among children. So that's an inconsistency and there's other, another inconsistency, that inconsistency in that um, every city has their own hands-free ordinance. So like Austin has one, but Round Rock doesn't. So it's, it's really tough. Like you don't know which city you're going in and which ones have it and which ones don't. So there's still a lot of work to be done around alignment is what I'm hearing you say, um, depending on where you live and the legislature that uh, oversees that district or that city, there still could be a lot of gaps within uh, protection. Um, that's That seems to be one of the things you find with all legislative actions is there there's gaps uh, in some of the 
how it's implemented or which districts implement which um, you know policies or, or legislative acts. So I think you're doing the right thing by trying to bring everybody together and get some alignment on this. Um, so everybody's of the same understanding of, hey, we've really got to be mindful of what we're doing, particularly when we're driving. And the thing is, is that when Senator Zaffarini wrote the hands-free bill, the first thing I did was took it to our Round Rock police chief, Chief Banks. He's incredible. And I said, hey, chief, what do you think about this? Because the biggest thing is to get law enforcement feedback. I mean, they're the ones that are that would be doing the job and keeping our roads safe. So we want to make sure that they're empowered to keep our roads safe and to help us spread that awareness. And again, it's not like throwing people in jail or, you know, maybe not even, maybe not even a citation. It just depends. Um, it's just building that awareness. And the other thing is that, you know, Allie's killer got away with it. Uh, there were no consequences held. So if there had been a law, then the person who killed Allie could have been held accountable for that. And maybe not in a jail sentence or anything like that, but it could have been community service and she could have been out there spreading awareness and saying, hey, I did this, but but don't do what I did, you know, and actually making a humongous impact as opposed to just going on with her life like it never happened. So, Jamie, I hear in the fall you've got some scheduled appointments with some students to talk about your message. If a school or a district wanted to request that, that you come talk about some of the dangers of driving and texting and not paying attention, how do they get in touch with you? I would absolutely love for schools to reach out to me to schedule that. Uh, they can reach me at Jamie, J-A-M-I-E, at alleyswaysaves.org. Awesome. I think our schools would be very interested in that. You know, as you as you well know, the kids get tired of hearing from the teachers and the administrators. So hearing the story that makes impact, um, which obviously yours does, uh, I think would be very beneficial to the school districts and to students. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much. And we we make it engaging for sure. I, I, I usually make it very engaging for the kids when I go. So it's a, a good presentation. Absolutely. How can we help or how can some of our listeners or viewers help spread the word, spread Allie's way in the story behind it? Um, the, the biggest thing is to show support for it. So uh, with Allie's Way Act, if you truly do support this and it's something that's dear to your heart and you want to help, the best way to do that is to email or call, maybe both, um, your senators and representatives there because you're their constituents, you're their voice. So uh, shout your voice and share your voice with, with them and your opinion and your support for this. It, it really makes a huge difference. Um, we've got Johnson High School out of San Antonio. Um, they have a safe driving club run by Melinda Cox. It is incredible. These kids are so, so passionate and they're teenagers. <laughs> about safe driving. So 20 something teenagers got on a bus and bust over here to Austin to the Capitol building. And they were going door to door sharing Allie's story and sharing how much this means to them. And they were so compassionate about it. And it made a huge impact. In fact, I think more so than me just being Allie's mom. So that, I mean, that's outstanding. The kids, you know, it, it, I always make the comment, you know, kids can sell anything, right? Because we buy Girl Scout cookers, whether you like them or not, because it's from kids, getting kids on your side to share uh, the story. I think that's a great idea. And 
it honestly gives them something to spread amongst the, the teenage drivers, um, which we're always a little nervous about when they're starting out, right? So uh, kudos to them for doing that and jumping on board and helping you out along the way. Um, what other things, I see alleyswaysaves.org. Tell us about that. Is that the website? What, what is that? How do we use that? <laughs> so alleyswaysaves.org is our website. And uh, basically, you can go to that website. You can see our professionally filmed PSA, which I will warn you is a semi-reenactment of what happened to Allie. The, re the purpose for this uh, PSA was really to, and it was, it was funded by Texas A&M, and State Farm. Uh, it was endorsed by TxDOT and uh, it was filmed by Mosaic Media. So we have all of the big players in our supporting this and really go really um, helping us with this. Uh, this PSA was created to give the idea of what happened or what can happen in, in situations to really kind of bring it to life because a person's life is not just a number. It's not just a statistic. We have to look at that person's life the way it was and what was taken. And so it really has, what I do is I take that PSA now. Um, it also helps me so that I don't have to repeat the story so many times because that is very, very difficult to do and, and it's really draining on me. So I take this PSA to, to high schools, uh, middle schools. We're going to start working in elementary schools too. So that's one of our projects moving forward is potentially uh, elementary schools, maybe some coloring books and things like that. Um, but we want to empower the kids to speak up. So if they see someone driving while they're holding the phone or doing social media or texting or what have you, let's give the kids a voice to say, hey, you know, that's really not safe. You know, can you put the phone down while you drive? Or in a situation of a teen with another teen driver, hey, can you pull over and let me out? Because I'm not going to ride with you if you're going to do that. Um, and so it's it's really, it's educating them on the severity of distracted driving, as well as empowering them to move forward and, and make an impact in their own communities. Because I can only be so many places at one time. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You need a, you need some to recruit some voices to, to carry on the cause and the message. And like I, like I always think, you know, students, schools, education usually are some of our, our loudest voices in which people will actually listen to. Um, a lot of times they don't want to hear it from the adults, but as soon as kids get involved, it seems to have take on a life of its own. So I'm excited for you that, that some of the kids are going to come along and not only help, but learn. Right. So as they become drivers, they take those lessons and, and hopefully practice, you know, safe driving, hands-free driving. Um, that that makes us all safer. So thank you for doing that. Thank you. And we're also in municipal court. So Georgetown Municipal Court. I have to shout out to them because uh, they, uh, the the court clerk there, Tina Hine, has developed a program where. Um, teens who get tickets uh, will be able to watch Allie's Way PSA and write an essay on how it impacted them and how they can make a difference moving forward. So I've gotten the most amazing essays so far. And so we're hoping to kind of repeat this in different municipal courts around the, around the state, um, starting with my presentation to the Texas TMCEC, which is basically the Texas Municipal Court um, Education System. Very cool. I'm, week, so. <laughs> I'm glad you I'm glad you told me what that was, because that was a lot of a lot of letters. I was like, what, what in the world? I've never heard that. But 
That's excellent, though. That's excellent. You've got. It seems like you've got a great start in in getting the message out and actually getting something done. Which I'm sure, you know, I, I'm going to guess when you started, you probably felt like, oh, how do you even get get anything moving in the right direction with some of the, you know, it can just be, it can take time to get some stuff up to the legislature and get somebody on board. So it is just like, Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, No, no, you're good. (laughs) It has been just, you know, I didn't know what I was doing when I started this. I've, I've never run a nonprofit. I've, I've worked for a nonprofit before. Um, but this is all new to me. I just, it, it started with such passion and such um, love for my daughter, you know, and such passion for the cause and such passion for people. Um, And then it just started spiraling from there. Word got out. Um, We developed a partnership, of course, with Texas A&M AgriLife Extensions, who we're currently partnered partnered with. Uh, We now have a partnership with um, our lawyers, uh, Daniel Stark Law Firm out of College Station, and they're incredible, incredible, very compassionate people. Um, And so we've we've also partnered with State Farm and AAA, and we've done work with TxDOT and Permian Road Safety Coalition. Now we're partnering with all these law enforcement agencies. And so it's just kind of you start it small and you just do one thing at a time until it just builds and builds and builds. And that's kind of where we're at. We're not where we want to be, but we're, we're getting there. You're, you're well on your way. And, and I want to thank you not only for joining me today and sharing your story and your message, but also thank you for the lives that you're going to impact that you and I will probably never know or never see. Um, and sometimes that's the hardest is knowing you're doing the right thing, but you don't get to see all of the results of that. You have to believe, and like you said, have faith that that work will will make the impact that that you're shooting for. So thank you for, for being here and thank you for all of your work to make all of us safer. Thank you so very much. It's, it's um, you know, it's it's this right here and, and then seeing the kids' faces when when you make that impact, um, you know, seeing their tears, they, they tear up at my presentations and, and you can see it truly, it truly hits them and hopefully it'll impact the rest of their lives and, you know, just impacting people and knowing what you're, knowing that you're doing the right thing is just so worth every single second of pain that I've gone through to get to this point. (laughs) Well, you have an open invitation to come back and share updates whenever whenever you feel like it. So just let us know and we'd be happy to jump in and have another conversation. Uh, or if you need us to help with, with some promotion or trying to get the word out as, as you move forward, please let us know. But thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Produced by Podcast Architects.